a couple weeks ago, we were discussing a scene in the Kratos trap in which uh, Admiral Akbar and Borsk Fela are having a showdown in the council chambers. And we suggested that it'd be funny to see uh, that scene rewritten in the form of a Hamilton cabinet battle. Well, as our listeners always do, someone came through and rewrote the lyrics to the cabinet battle from the musical Hamilton uh, to fit with the story of the Kratos trap. And so a special shout out. Thank you to David Taman, who wrote the lyrics that you're about to hear. And also an extra special thanks to our friend of the podcast, Bria, who is playing the role of Mon Mothma. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the galaxy tonight, but you're here with us in our new capital. Are you ready for a council meeting, huh? The issue on the table. Councilor Fela's plan to halt the Kratos virus involves creating ubiquitous Factimus. Councilor Fela, you have the floor, sir. Many Bothans died to bring us all of this. Mon Motha said these words, our intel is legit. These are wise words, you always hear me quote them. Don't act surprised, our blood is what wrote them. Ow, but Leia forgets her veto fans notions of equal benevolence. Now, place your bets as to who it really benefits. The very race of humans our dear girl inhabits. Oh, if the boot fits, wear it. See, you're not even at risk. Why should the Bothans bear it? Uh, we deserve to get paid, I'm afraid. Without all of us, you've been done. Destroyed in Sheev's raid. Us Bothans, we spread the goodwill around. We have a spy net. You just want to use the intel we've found. My back to missed plan is a sensible demand, and your explanations why it ain't aren't hard to understand. Stand with me in the land of Bothui, and acknowledge Organa's motives are all racist and screwy. Look! When the Empire made another Death Star, we got busy. There's no more damn time to discuss this in committee. Thank you, Counselor Fela. Admiral Akbar, you're squirming. A response? Borsk, that was real nice thought and notion. But ideas like fish are everywhere in the ocean. Do you really want to heal us all or just stay in command? Because I think your thoughts are salty and misguided to me. If we just make the miss, the point is missed. Just a shower to stand in. A placebo, you damn hypocrite. How do you not get it? We need the money and supply for a cure. Our people need saving. You'd give a glossy brochure? A medical lesson from a furball. Here's a curveball. Your intel was all part of she's plan. Oh, I hit a nerve, you're all? We all spread the good word around. We have a spy net. Yeah, keep ranting. We know who did the real intel planting. And another thing. Just give me another minute. Don't lecture me about the war. You didn't fight in it. You think I'm frightened of you, man? Our pilots died in Death Star trenches while you are filling your pants. Yeah, we can all smell where the stench is. To Rogue Squadron. To the friends we've lost. The battles we fought. And the utter fear our return will bring to our enemies. Tonight on Rogue Padron, it's State of the Squadron number three. I don't have it. I usually have way more to say. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs>
<laughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be going over Poe Dameron number three, as well as doing State of the Squadron for X-Wing, the Kratos Trap. But before that, a quick introduction of your hosts. If we were all Disneyland rides, or Disney theme park rides, we have Saf, Rogue Seven, who would be the Paradise Pier Ferris wheel because it looks harmless but is secretly terrifying. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Saf and I almost died when we went on it. It was not good. <laughs> oh, we no. did. You went in like the non-locked-in car? Correct, and it was yep. so windy. It was so much fun. I loved it. So terror. <laughs> we have Heath, Rogue 3, who would be Mr. Toad's wild ride because he's kind of drunk and drives through hell, and that seems like something Heath would do. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. We have Danny, Rogue 6, who is the old school submarine voyage because he would feel the need to preserve the beautiful history of the really cheesy fake dioramas. <laughs> Uh, hi, that's me. Yep. <laughs> Standing. And then for special guests tonight, we actually have Nancy and Brian from Tashi Station, and I couldn't choose between the two, so they're both going to be star tours. Oh, yay! Aww. Yeah, it's typical, or but you know, it's, it's I accept true. that. It's, yeah. It's what nice. are you, Meg? Well, I'm Meg, and I'm Rogue Leader, and I would be the Haunted Mansion because as hard <laughs> as I try to be spooky, I just don't. Um, end up being spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> the Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride, so that makes sense. Aww. Aww. <laughs> at the, um, they they now have a thing where, at the um, Disney World one, where they like have your name on a sign at the end of the ride when you leave and the ghosts are there. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, they, they they figure it out based on your. They read your magic band with magic, and they put, put your, your name, name on up. a tombstone at the yeah. end of the ride. Yep. Oh, so I die. Yeah, that you die. Like fun. Yeah. Well, I'm a ghost now. That sounds like Seth's idea of a good time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to this being Danny. So we're the same. Weeks ago, don't forget. We are the same. We are the same person. Um, a couple weeks ago, now I guess we got issue number three of the Poe Dameron comic. So let's talk about it because it sure was something. <laughs> that, <laughs> that comic. It was something else. Um, so as always, we'll just like walk through the comic. Um, Jump in as you all see fit. We open on Terex and his stormtrooper goons using flamethrowers to torch the precious egg. Um, that was it very nice. Yeah, it's kind of a move, isn't it? Yeah, like, <laughs> what did that egg ever do to you? Um, and then his father was killed by an egg. It's not funny, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair, fair. I hope we get that backstory at some point. And then yes, I just can't wait to have another character who's obsessed with daddy issues. Right. <laughs> There's none of them in Star Wars. We need some yeah, more. None, none of them. It's untouched ground. None of them. It's like our thing now. Did you say Hal Horn? <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Did you say roasted corn? 
<laughs> Roasted corn. So then Tarek has some super witty banter with Poe about what his title should be because he like doesn't have a title. He's just a pilot, which was pretty funny. And then back up on the surface of the planet, Black Squadron is battling it out with some First Order TIE fighters. And Snap says they should head down into the canyons to meet up with Poe. And then back in the egg dungeon, we get some <laughs> miraculous dialogue. Why the do state- we have so many dungeons? Right. <laughs> Great. No one's naked in this one, at least. Well, not yet, anyway. Not yet. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. We can only hum um, in the Poe Dameron comic, right? It, it should happen, and it should happen sooner rather than later. But we get some awesome dialogue. It is, the savior unborn, it comes at last. That's wow. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if she refers to the head of the clan. <laughs> the savior yes, unborn. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then the egg is hatching, and inside is... A giant glowing pale blue alien? I mean, who is naked? Oh, who had that in the pool? Who had that? <laughs> I don't... Looking back on our listener responses, I don't think anyone correctly predicted it. Okay, so who it's was just a little bit disappointed that it wasn't thousands of tiny glistening M-trays? <laughs> I really wanted that. Or just, I, like, the thousands I, of tiny eggs? Like, Yeah, I just right. want to love little things. I mean, because it wasn't M- thousands of tiny glistening M trays, I pulled uh, the Poe Dameron comic off of my pull list because why bother anymore? It's over. Why bother? <laughs> yeah, over. So disappointing. Instead, we have one glistening giant peck. <laughs> it does have pecks. Just That's that is true. One <laughs> Those they are, are there. there. <laughs> they're there and they're blue and they sure are glistening. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have we just discovered the identity of glistening pecks? <laughs> oh my god, Maybe. it's come full circle. Egg alien. Pex, is that you? Let us know. <laughs> so then, this alien thing, it, it doesn't have a name, right? It never got a name. I didn't miss something. The Savior Unborn, Heath. Oh, right. So, <laughs> the Savior Unborn then immediately just begins tacking everyone in sight, because that's a totally normal thing to do. Oh, wait, now the Savior's been born. <laughs> Right, so the savior now the born. Savior born. Okay, there. Um, the savior just formerly unborn. <laughs> It'd be really sacrilegious to start singing a Christmas hymn right now. Oh no, 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 no! We shouldn't do that. We should. We should do that. We should we do that. <laughs> so I just I felt bad for these poor people who have been waiting for so long for this egg to hatch and worshiping it, and then. It's just a terrible creature that is attacking them. That's got to be a bit of a letdown for them. It like went immediately from egg to terrible twos toddler stage. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> smash. It went from egg to Cloverfield in two seconds flat. <laughs> Not good. So then, well, well find a new egg. Right. They just they were worshiping the wrong egg. I think. It happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Who who among us has not? <laughs> Happens we to be every way mis- to say. We all make mistakes. <laughs> we all worship the wrong egg from time to time. <laughs> so during this chaos, Poe tries 
to sucker punch Tarek in the face, but Tarek stops him, says something about, don't you try to sucker punch me, but wait, it was a diversion, so Poe could dr- grab Tarek's gun. Ha 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 ha. Um, was- and that's when he says the uh, the fighting dirty line, which is the greatest line yeah. Yeah, oh that was very good. Has that's anyone seen the music video for Mike Snow's Genghis Khan? Because that's just running through my head constantly when these two are on stage. Oh my oh god, god Heath, you'd love yeah, it. Yeah, you need to watch it. Okay, I will watch it when we're done with this. It's pretty much just gay, wonderful James Bond. Yeah. Good. That <laughs> seems appropriate here. <laughs> so now Poe has Tarek's gun, because of course he does. So then back above the egg dungeon (laughs) black squadron is making their way through the surface and we get a little hint at some snap carry romance and i want more of it yeah i want some more i was all about it that was so cute it was so unexpected but yeah so cute ready for it she's like you'll tell me back at the base yeah don't tell me i love her she's so cute yeah, that was good. So then, back downstairs, the blue alien's still rampaging. The stormtrooper's weapons aren't doing anything against it. And then another alien comes out of nowhere. <laughs> because of course it Why does. not? And this and the one... Pacific Rim another soundtrack egg. starts playing. <laughs> yes. This one is identical except for black. And what's going on? This is all very weird. This is the moment in this issue where I was like, I don't know about this anymore <laughs> the black Not alien really. sucker punches the blue one just the same <laughs> right. way that poe sucker punched Tarek. it's like nah feeling it it's uh, very retro weird comic though which i think is what they were going is. for a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> this whole comic so, is a very throwback i can like i can appreciate that it just doesn't feel like star wars to me when it's doing yeah. super weird stuff like that. Okay, so we can do space whales, but we can't do kaiju. See, I don't like the space whales either. Wow. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Whoa. No. Unpopular I, uh, opinion. I'm sorry, I, I made know. mommy and dad fight. <laughs> Way to go, it's Brian. Just, it's just mom here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It just, like, it doesn't... And this sounds really dumb to say about a series that features space wizards with laser swords, but it like it goes just a tad too far out of the realm realm of like realistic for me. I don't know. See, for yeah. me, it depends on the the medium. For me, like mm-hmm. I I will forgive really weird stuff in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, less so in books, even less so in the TV shows, and then less in the. So it's basically like comics sure be weird whatever um yeah that's fair i i i did i didn't have a problem with this i i also kind of thought the space whales were kind of weird but that yeah. was because it was on a tv show <laughs> and right, i think on an animated tv show yeah. for children and even though everything you know is supposed to be the same levels of canon now i still have right. the old eu mindset mm-hmm. where certain things are more canon like, than the others right and I think for me, it's I was never part of that old EU, so I'm coming from this from a, like, Get okay, out. I know I know the story group exists and that like everything is supposed to be on the same playing field. So I just like I have a hard time accepting that something like this happened in front of Poe 
theoretically a few weeks before we see him on Jakku in The Force Awakens. Yeah. It, it just, Why like, it feels find so the different. giant aliens? Like, he could have been like, hey, these guys could maybe help us in this fight. Let's right. go find the giant aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring them into the movies. <laughs> it, right, like, for me, it just, it just kind of feels like it's happening on a completely separate universe. And it's, I don't know. But maybe it's just me. This is going to be one Danny. of the shadows of indoor situations where it turns out it's all just some script writer reciting it back yeah. to someone. Poe dreamed this whole thing. Duh. Eventually we'll find out who shot JR. Look it yeah, up, the, kids. The kids don't get that reference. I don't know what that means. No, I'm too uh, young for this. Yeah, uh, you are too young for Brian's this, also, Brian. Brian and Brian wasn't even alive when that happened, so shut up. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. It's a cooler reference than Green Acres, so whatever. Okay. <laughs> Shh. Let Heat talk. I like the giant fighting weird aliens. What? But, yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. 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 It's just not. <laughs> still said the egg wasn't lots of little eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like the entire rest of the comic, I was just so like, like this should have been expected like this is the most reasonable thing that would have come out of the egg but I was also like this was not at all what I was expecting and not at all what I wanted <laughs> I this was the most reasonable thing to come out of the I egg. mean I read a lot of comics so I kind of know that this is sort of what you get in situations like this but it still wasn't really like it makes sense that there's a giant alien inside of an egg it's a giant egg there's gonna be a giant thing inside of it right but I never <laughs> once considered there would actually be a giant thing in the egg I'd make the Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box joke again, but apparently Meg is the only one on this show that watches movies. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So you're also <laughs> admit it that you're a teensy bit disappointed that it wasn't Ray in the egg. A little bit, yeah. I really wanted Ray to be a thing. Ray. Worse. <laughs> I mean, I guess we don't know for sure that that isn't Snoke, though. That's yeah, true. Also, no, it isn't Ray. So. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> It could sure. be like, it could be like a Buffy situation, and like she gets, she's like a savior and gets put into some girl's body to like save everyone, and thinks that she's been on Jakku the entire time, but really she hasn't. Not really, yeah. It's I Anakin you, reincarnated. I hope you people have watched Buffy and got that reference. Yes, I got have it. not watched Buffy. I'm sorry. Nope. No. Same. Once again, I'm here Thank for you. you Once again, thank you, Meg, for understanding. <laughs> We're such disappointing to... children. No. Okay. <laughs> well, on on Buffy for five for four seasons, she was an only child, and then season five started, and all of a sudden, oh, she's got a sister, and everyone's acting like she's been there the whole time, and then later on, you find out that her sister is really this thing called the key and the monks put her made like a body out of Buffy's blood and made her like give gave her a history as a slayer sister so the slayer would protect her it was like the reverse Chuck Cunningham walking up the stairs and Bri never being seen again Brian okay they come on don't I get that reference <laughs> <laughs> nope I have no I'm idea what you're talking talk about. about Buffy the vampire slayer and Brian brings up happy days what to be the fair hell? we don't get either of the references or most of right. the references or any references ever because we're the worst <laughs> I don't think you get the happy days. Whatever. <laughs> Continue talking about BBA. Thank you, Meg. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so in the midst of this 
weird fight that's happening. Tarek calls BB-8 an idiot droid, which is frankly slander. It is. I was so mad. Yeah, it's I just was. rude. So then Tarek and Poe are wrestling, and the aliens are growing. <laughs> They're getting bigger, and they're ascending towards the top of the cave. Like, I don't... At this point, I kind of just gave up, and I was like, okay, this is going to just go full weird. It's so of course more for Jesus hot. Christ, clearly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, conveniently... Black Squadron needed a way into the Egg Dungeon. The aliens crashed through the ceiling of the Egg Dungeon, creating a giant hole. How about that? Um, so then there's this weird truce between Tarek and Poe, where Poe realizes, or I think Tarek told him this, if Poe takes him prisoner, the First Order would respond with an attack. Um, so Poe decides to leave Tarek to the people who are there. They say they'll let him go. Because their savior will take them wherever they need to go next. Like, what? <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Are they going to go giant, like, through space on the giant Because they're going to die. Right. It's a giant growing alien that is now gone. It's not taking you anywhere. I don't think these are the sharpest tools in the shed, I though. I don't think so. <laughs> so then Poe and Black Squadron. At some point in here, I forget where, Tarek realizes that Poe was here for some kind of information mm-hmm. and he's like trying to figure out what he was there for and he was of course there for informa- information on Lor Santeca who if we remember from a previous issue the First Order doesn't yet realize that he's still around. So then Poe and Black Squadron leave the planet on their way out they radio Tarek's cruiser to go pick him up. Poe suggests they forget it ever happened and then Tarek has this great line Oh, I doubt I will ever forget this happened, Poe Dameron. <laughs> I get a little so bit Genghis Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love him. He's such great. a great villain. It's great. I mean, and it's then, hard to forget a giant naked alien coming over a giant egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was something I don't know. Else. That happened to me last night. <laughs> <laughs> Just another Saturday night. In a couple of weeks, he'll meet Finn, and the giant alien will just seem like no big deal because his world will have been rocked once more. Yep. <laughs> oh. Oh. I get a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> Stop singing that song now. So then we end with Poe saying, looks like we're going to prison. Yeah! Presumably where he thinks Laura Santeca is now. I don't know if I missed something there, if there was, like, something that happened earlier that alluded to prison, or if this was, like... No. Okay. I think they're just going to a place that is a prison where Lonsen Ticket went, I guess. You know, Flight Suit Orange is the new black. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Go. I'm all, all about it. All about I'm it. I'm kicking you off the podcast, Brian. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> so that was issue three of Poe Dameron. I didn't love it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And, and like a bit like I was expecting weird for the series, but it was a bit more weirder than I was ready for, I think. Yeah. I uh, loved it. <laughs> I loved it because it was I, so dang weird. I mean, I don't usually like comics, but I'm reading this one just for Poe. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much I really don't care what the plot is as long as Poe gets good lines and stuff and I just, I really like him and Tarek's, and doesn't it sound a lot like Tarek? I keep wanting to say Tarek. It sure does. It's really confusing, yeah. but 
Yeah. I always call him T-Rex in my head. <laughs> That's way better. Yeah. So good. I'm He's still sad that, like, there was a really hot egg lady in, like, the background who never got a line, and I'm still sad she never, like, got a part. Oh. She was just there in the background looking hot. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I also really liked it, and I... I thought, like Saf said, it totally made sense that there were giant aliens in the eggs. And I don't think it's that weird. Like, I think this is a galaxy where there are giant aliens and there are space whales. And I just, I embrace that about Star Wars because it is different from the reality that we know. And I enjoy all those aspects that make it so bizarre. So I I really thought this was great. And I'm all about it. I mean, for me, it's not so much that it's really weird. It's just that I want a backstory on why the two aliens are fighting. And so the fact that it's there and fighting, like, it, I understand that it's, like, a thing that I'm never going to get backstory on because it's, like, a single issue. Oh, but I'm, like, I want to know. Gonna... I want to know what this legendary anger between these aliens is. You think that we're just done with the egg people and we're never going to learn more about what was going on there? Probably not. I hope. Oh, I got the I... sense that there was more to know yeah. about that. And that, I mean, we still have three more issues of this arc, right? Well, they're moving on to a different place now. Unless the egg people, like, come back. But it's I, very I think unlikely the egg that they are play. coming back. I don't think we're done with them yet, because that would be weird if they just didn't address any of that. <laughs> I have a feeling it won't be addressed, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Also, I just love like the way Poe is drawn in this comic. Like, it's a really good job. Yes, Phil Noto is fantastic. <laughs> Phil Noto, please draw all the Star Wars things. Thank you. Especially hot guys. <laughs> yeah, and hot egg ladies for Saf. Yeah, Aww. absolutely. Hot people. Draw hot people. Yes. Or hot aliens. Yes. Yeah. They're no, people, too. Aliens are people, too. Oh, Borsk Failia Borsk fa- would have some words with you. Um, well, Borsk <laughs> Failia is a... You know what. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Poe 3. Yep. It was Woo! weird. It sure was, was something. It was a comic. <laughs> Whatever. That wasn't any weirder, or worse than Crystal than uh, they, Crystal they don't, Star. They don't get that reference either, Brian. Crystal Star was weird. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, I'm just gonna put out there that like Red Harvest is one of my favorite Star Wars books. So I am totally prepared for weird in my Star Wars, and I will probably love it. I am just sad about the lack of backstory and with the aliens. I just want, I just want so much lore. And comics don't really give you that a lot of the time because it, they're very fast paced. Well, like I said, you just have to wait for the Tales of the Egg People dungeon book. (laughs) Perfect. I want that. (laughs) I'm okay if we leave the egg dungeon behind. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Let's talk about. I'm really excited for them to go to prison. Yeah, that was was a good segue, Brian. He said, "Let's talk about other dungeons." Yes, there, there's some other dungeons here. (laughs) Yikes! Let's let's talk about them. Let's let's talk about the other eggplant emojis. So. <laughs> oh my god, what if, what if it was a giant eggplant in the egg? Oh. What, a what missed if it was op- a billion like regular size eggplants? <laughs> what a missed opportunity. We, we were we were at Epcot today and we rode the Living with the Lands boat ride and they had um, they were growing eggplants in their hydroponic garden. Oh, good, good. We're following you every, everywhere. Eggplant seriously anymore? <laughs> no, never again. I mean, again. let's be honest. Could you take eggplant seriously before the emoji? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Uh, it's a called li- an eggplant. 
any of their any of their like street reputation is just gone gone by now though. <laughs> no no street cred for <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> well, speaking of people who have no street cred, <laughs> let's talk about cornhorn. <laughs> <laughs> so for State of the Squadron, we just finished the third book in the X Wing series and the second to last book that covers this. Siege of Coruscant arc. Um, so just a quick reminder of who our rogues are, because you might have noticed they just didn't mention a lot of them this book. <laughs> they were just <laughs> absent. It was they weird. just forgot about it. Riv, so of course, now? They got bored. Yeah. <laughs> so of course we have rogue leader Wajentilis, and then everybody else's call signs are kind of up in the air because they just kind of ran different missions. It was weird. Who cares? And now they all quit, so they get new calls. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so for other rogues, we have Errol Num, who had nothing to do in this book. Uh, and- <laughs> but at least she's not dead from the Kratos yeah. virus. <laughs> yeah, so not shout dead. out to Errol for totally surviving alive. Kratos. She's alive. We have Noir Ven, who spent more time in the court than he did in his X-Wing. But he Which was really I'm MVP. Not, I'm not, not mad about that. No, he was really MVP. Yeah, I would and agree he got with shot that. Noir Aven is the MVP of this book, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love Noir Aven. And um, I, 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 yeah, he's great. I think now that we can actually... Talk about what happens later on in the EU. <laughs> yeah, so Noir actually makes a brief cameo appearance in the Fate of the Jedi books. Yes. Oh. As a lawyer. As a, yeah, he's a lawyer. I would have him be nothing else. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's only there for a page and a half. Ugh. Uh, no, he's there book. longer than that, I think. I think he's, yeah, he's got a bigger role there. No, At least, like, three him. pages. They, oh. they replaced But, him. yeah, but, but basically, you know, just before we get in, like, I've been waiting for you guys to get to this part for so long because now I can like actually talk about things later on in the like pretty much everything I've wanted to talk about that happens in the expanded universe is predicated on the fact that Corrin is a Jedi and I'm like Mm. I can't I I can't tell them I can't let them and read any of my fanfics because Corrin (laughs) is in all of them (laughs) so yeah I'm very happy now about it and I can explain why Corrin's my fave but yes, continue. Um, I also have... want to say about Noir Aven that oh. it was cool how he was kind of the Gavin of this book. Last book, we got a little peek into Gavin's history and what motivated him to join the Rogue Squadron. And we didn't get like a true flashback, but kind of going back to the, his home planet served that purpose, mm-hmm. I think, and kind of showed us where he'd come from and, and what his history was a little bit. And that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. All the Noir stuff in this book was really excellent. Yep. And then we have Pash, someone put in a kissy face emoji, Kraken, <laughs> <laughs> who also really didn't do anything in this book, but maybe had a cool one-liner because he's just like that. Yep. And also got angry on the stand, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We have Gavin Darklighter, who came to check in on Wedge and kissed a seer this book. And that's pretty <laughs> Dr. Darklighter. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm into that. Once again, I'm sorry about that one time when <laughs> I said I would trade Gavin. 
Keith, we were listening to that on the drive home, and we were yelling back. at you in the car for five minutes. I take it back. <laughs> I was I was wrong. He was also very brave when helping the 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 people who were sick with the Kratos virus. So Pash, not Pash. Gavin was also super great as always. Gavin Riv. Hurts. I don't know if he was mentioned at all. This book. <laughs> yeah, he kind of disappeared a little bit. Neither was He's Rosati. Been replaced. <laughs> He's been replaced by a seer because he yeah. was Gavin's bestie, and now he just has a seer. So yeah. Riv's just, which is he's like a huge old. bummer. Oh man, Riv got third wheeled. Yeah, poor guy. Riv and Rosati need to get together because apparently the only way to get mentioned in this book is if you're in a romance. I mean, Rosati isn't one. <laughs> yeah, but Noara was pre- kind of preoccupied. She's probably feeling a little stung right now. Probably Rosati and Riv had like drink sessions together yeah. <laughs> complaining about how the people they love the most are just ignoring them yeah. and they're too busy they get all these about them and we're just here in the background oh and i also would like a report on the dynamics between Shistavens and bothans <laughs> yeah right what's that about i mean they're dogs and cats right do they have like that rivalry happening maybe See, we all these mysteries we don't know the answers to. Does Riv just like bark whenever a seer's in the room? <laughs> that would be so cute. <laughs> he just kind of growls. <laughs> oh my god, I want that so bad. So cute. Uh, just barking. It's so good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, that's excellent. Uh, we have Erisi, who is no longer a rogue, and not just because she quit, but because we finally found out that she was the Rogue Squadron spy. Boo! Nailed it, Boo! I nailed it, and I still like her. <laughs> God, I well, hate that yeah. woman. And I'm still not ruling out M-Tray. He was, <laughs> he was involved somehow. I don't trust him. You're just going to be an M-Tray truther till the end of time, aren't you? I, I don't trust him. I don't. M-Tray and Erisi both start with the same letter. So clearly. <laughs> oh, my God. They're the same person. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I, okay. serious, I hate that woman so much. And now I can tell you why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We also have Oral, who I don't think was in this. I think we mentioned him <laughs> once. <laughs> oh, poor Oral. We at least talked about him once because he has some amazing superpowers. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> and for all of the fuss they made about Inyiri Forge joining Rogue Squadron, she was only mentioned during that, like, one paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Asir, of course, we got a lot. We got a lot. We got to know Asir quite a bit this book, which was really nice. And I totally didn't add Corin to this list. <laughs> Who even cares? Really? He's dead. He's been dead this whole book. Yeah. Not, so Corin is also someone who exists. <laughs> <laughs> he still has dead issues. Moving on. Yep. And of course, everyone's favorite XO Tycho, oh. who is not in any way. A spy for the Empire. No. Yeah, and I'm really grateful that yeah. now that, that we've had this plot, we can move on and see Tycho in, like, full rogue form without all the suspicion around him. Yep. Can yep. move yep. on yep. to some new stories about Tycho. 
He's I love him so much. Couple. This man has been through far too much than should <laughs> ever be asked of anyone. And he has just taken it all in stride and happily just like moved on from all the terrible treatment. He deserves some major awards. He does. Well, he got the Star of Valor or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what, what the galaxy has in to- store for Tycho. Mm. At least he was he got to hold Winter's hand. That was cute. Oh. I hope he gets to hold her hand some more. Yeah, I want lots of hand holding in the next book. The next book should just be everyone holding hands a lot. <laughs> X-Wing, <laughs> we'll the there. rogues hold hands. Get there. <laughs> and then support staff for the rogues. We have, as much as he pays to admit, M-Tray. <laughs> uh. Whistler and I think they mentioned the their Verpine tech Zerai like once. Yeah. So they did mention him. Not not like the most well rounded cast this book. <laughs> <laughs> For friends of our rogues, we of course have Mirax who obviously never died, and I don't think anybody Yay! bought that for a second. <laughs> and, uh Derek, rest in peace, Siri. Moment of silence for Derek. That is really sad, man. That was I like Derek. so tragic. Yeah, especially he because was... he was so sure that Tycho was innocent too. Like he was a good oh, dude. Oh. And Jan. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan. Who's so not Jan? not not Hal. Jan is full of secrets. Jan is full of secrets. Jan is. Probably not Hellhorn, but he's like <laughs> Hellhorn. Jan is Wiz. Wiz, yeah, he's Wiz. Uh, yeah. Wiz. I'm going to need to find a way to put on an accent to stop that from happening. I can't uh, wait for Or we could always Wiz. just call him Wiz because that's great. <laughs> we could oh do that God. too. And then for the New Republic, we have Admiral Akbar, the Elder Kraken, Winter, Iella, and then the Prosecutor slash Commander, Hala Edic. <laughs> <laughs> Who put I that? Will, I will claim that. That was me. <laughs> I mean, I was going to do it. So. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. For the baddies, we have... Flurry Boru coming back saying he wasn't bad, but then obviously being super bad. <laughs> Ice Art's there, but she isn't really a threat in this book. She just kind of teases Corin and then leaves. She's kind of just mean to everyone. Yeah, and, and everyone realizes she's mean. <laughs> I love it so much. There's also Derricot who ends up in the Lusankia prison with Corin and but the villain in this story was really Kitten Lormat, who just uh, poor one out tried for Lormat. so hard. Uh, so yep. alternating between just you know hating the guy and feeling kind of bad for how pathetic he is. I appreciate how much we have mangled his name by the time he died. It, it's right. been this truly has been a wonderful adventure to watch you have fun with his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's well. not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's, He's not, not great. great. That, that is the best epitaph. <laughs> That's going on his grave. It's the truest, though. Getting Get Matt. Not great. <laughs> low energy. <laughs> low. Low. 
Oh my god, I'm gonna I need to Photoshop the Jeb Bush logo, but have <laughs> Kirtan exclamation point. Oh, Please clap. Oh <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. Oh my side. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that's that's been our lovely cast of players this round. So where we're at now, we have Basically what happened is that a slightly less naked Corin was able to find <laughs> Isard's re- was able to go against Isard's repeated attempts to brainwash him. Corin ends up lo- escaping the Lusankia prison mines and kills Derricott in the process. He eventually figures everything out thanks to some conveniently placed clues in the form of an unlocked data pad, clocks, and Jedi artifacts. Gotta love those clock reading skills. Out of a hat at some point. <laughs> yeah. just, just why not? We find out that Tycho's trial was all a ruse to bring out the unknown Imperial elements that the Elder Kraken was searching for. Noir still did a badass job of defending him, even though in the end it wasn't really necessary. We I don't Brian, know how I feel about that. Brian and I have been discussing the reactions of certain people on the podcast when they found out that it was all a setup. And that person's <laughs> name might rhyme with Leaf. <laughs> uh, what? Huh? Brian and I debated how you would react to knowing that the trial was all a setup. I I was <laughs> I was angry. <laughs> was it this once at this lovely combination of relieved and angry. Just like Wedge. See, I don't even think I felt the relief because I was really looking forward to Tycho being proven, like, like actually proven to be right, not in this like, oh, haha, it was all set up. So we weren't going to frame you anyway or like whatever. Like, I wanted people to, for everyone to actually think he did it, but then for Noir to come through in the end. say a lot about Tycho himself, that he just went with it for the sake of doing good? Of course it does. Everything Tycho does, does that. (laughs) But I was was not pleased that he had been put through that. I will say that. Yeah. Tycho just shakes it off, though. Of course he does, because he's perfect. It felt like a lot of build-up for the trial, all to just kind of be waved away a little bit. Yeah, it ended very abruptly, and was like, "Ha, we were just kidding anyway." Yeah, like there was a lot of tension in that trial, and then yeah, like, it yeah, didn't really the, come the, to a proper close. Yeah, right. Like this whole book ended up there were all these different threads because I felt that way about the Kratos story too, and then ultimately it was all just to get us to the point where we learn, "Oh, Corrin's a Jedi." Guess what? The X-wing books are actually about Jedi too. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, all we'll say is not really. No. Okay, this X-wing book, I guess. No. <laughs> Not really the next one either. Danny, you're wrong. No. <laughs> it, Danny, Trust me, the X-Men books never become about Jedi. And that's one of the reasons well, I, mean, I like no, them no, so much. That, but like, the climax of this Jedi. book was structured around that reveal. Oh, it wasn't structured yeah, around yeah, the trial yeah. or around anything with right. Isard. It was the right. big climax of the book was, oh my god, Corrin discoveries to the Jedi. That's all. Yeah. But I isn't that I, the only I, I, way for a book about Corrin to go? Yes, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, if Corrin's in the book, he has to have the climax. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's the best thing you've ever said on this podcast, Danny. Oh my god, Danny. <laughs> oh man, Rogue Pod out. There's no going better than that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> blessed. Hashtag blessed. Wait, what was that quote? Yeah, the exact to- quote? I need to tweet it. <laughs> I'm tweeting it as Rogue Pod. It's Corrin's in the book. He has Corrin to have the climax. Is in the book. He has to have the climax. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I hurt. It hurts. <laughs> actually crying. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, bless you, Danny. It's so true, though. It is true. <laughs> in all the ways. Every way. <laughs> Hashtag I am Talboon. All right. What are we talking about? Corin being a Jedi. Yeah, Corin's yes. a Jedi. Good for him. Right. So, <laughs> so can I discuss timeline wonkiness? Yes. About yeah. this? Okay. So, this book was written uh, before the prequels, obviously. And uh, at the time, they, you know, had some ideas of what had happened in the past. Um, so when, you know, Timothy Zahn and Mike Stackpole were writing their books and they wanted to, like, use some stuff about the Clone Wars, they asked, hey, how long ago were they? The timeline they had put the Clone Wars about 30 years before. I was going to say, because it's Corrin's grandpa who's in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. So the timeline um, got really screwed up. And in all of the, let's see prequels came out or yeah prequels came out in 99 so clone wars started in 2002 so in the 20 years of legends material that was happening um before the reboot um they never retconned this um to to like make sense of the timeline it's just something that was there that everyone who read these books just accepted that it does not make sense anymore. Don't try to do the math <laughs> and move on with your life. And like even Mike Stackpole's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't matter any before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like I try to think, I'm like, okay, so it's Corrin's grandpa. So like his dad would have had to been like 10 when Corrin was born. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm like, man, I know Corrin, you know, he thinks highly of himself, but man. I, you know. not to get into this too much, but as I <laughs> discover and learn details about this, like it again, it makes me wonder how there's anyone who thought that rebooting the entire Legends timeline didn't make sense. Like <laughs> it just had yep. to be yeah. done, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, but, so that's so that's so that's why the timeline is wonky. Gotcha. And doesn't make sense. It's and a good why, thing I don't and think why, about things. Yeah, and why Jedi were being married in the first place? <laughs> right. So like all like the whole idea of like Corellian Jedi and different sects of Jedi came about because of that whole idea of Jedi having <laughs> families and stuff. But George Lucas always respected the EU and followed it. Thanks, George. Except when he didn't. Yep. Does what he wants. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he should, you know. Just remember, it's canon until it's not, so just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yep. Like Corrin. So the next surprise we have in these books, 
was that the Lysankia is actually a superstar destroyer that was buried underneath miles of city on Coruscant. So after Corrin escapes, the Lysankia makes a break for it, leaving destruction and Coruscant in its wake. I want you to imagine just how much destruction that is. <laughs> yeah, yes. right? It so is much. a boatload. I almost said something different. You're welcome, Danny. Of <laughs> destruction. If I remember correctly, that was one of the moments when I was reading the book where I was like, "Wow!" and like freaked out. I'm yeah. just imagining it's... the poor family of like, I don't know, Moralians who just th- thought they just got this great real estate deal on this beautiful house, <laughs> this great apartment, awesome deal. And they're like, they just moved in their last futon and then up comes Lusankia. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. Wow, thanks, Danny. Anytime. Really, really uplifting. <laughs> well, speaking of uplifting, we find out that Derek ends up being the actual sleeper agent. Oh, and that's, that's not uplifting at all. Womp, womp. And he ends up killing Lore, who folded to save himself, thinking that he's Derekot. So Lore's death was a mistake. Just like uh, his life. What? <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. We are not kind to this man. (laughs) He's such a loser. That is so mean. Meg. (laughs) Don't ever cross Meg. (laughs) Noir got shot because of him. That's true. That's true. So mad. (laughs) That really was the only appropriate way for Kitten Lormat to go out, wasn't it? It really yeah. was, though. Like, he couldn't have a meaningful death. <laughs> <laughs> he died as he lived. Incompetent and meaningless. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> and as I mentioned before, we find out at the end that the Rose Squadron spy is Eresy, and she ended up leaving safely on board the Lusankia. Of course she did. I am very worried, just based on trends I've noticed so far, that we'll just not hear very much from her in the next book, but I really want to see like a fully blown evil Eresy in the next book, because I think that would be a great villain, especially side-by-side side with um, our other mean girlfriend, Icehard. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I want, want there to be like a power so struggle much. between them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Make yes. out. Yes. Saf, I'm sorry, they don't make out. Oh, what is the point? It was I mean, nine- they could have made out. We just don't see it in the book. Write the fanfic. So. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> I throw, throw in zombie Lou Jane, too. I saw... I saw Wait, Arisi, no, I don't want Lou Jane to uh, make out with him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jane's too pure for them. He's too, way too, too pure, pure for that. He's a beautiful cinnamon roll. A dead cinnamon roll, but still a beautiful cinnamon <laughs> roll. Oh, wow. <laughs> A dead cinnamon roll, but still a beautiful cinnamon roll. Oh my god. Wow, it's got really dark, you guys. That's amazing. I'm sorry, Daddy. Well, the other plot line that was very conveniently wrapped up in this was that the Raytrix Verachen, who escaped to Coruscant, came up with a cure for the Kratos virus without the need of Bacta, which is good because Isard has taken over rule of Typhera with Flurivoru. I'm so surprised that Flurry Voru double-crossed the rebels. 
I can't wait for Akbar to track him down and strangle him with his own fins. (laughs) (laughs) You say, there's a bad fish in every school. Oh my god. Danny! Beautiful. Thank you, Danny. That's great. You're on point tonight. Thank you. And last but not least, Luke comes to confirm that Corrin is in fact teleforce sensitive. Wow. Rather than go off the train, all of the rogues end up quitting the military to go after Isard on their own. That scene is so good. There's so much wonderfulness in that. I was so happy when Luke showed up. Yeah. Okay, but and- Nancy, on a scale of like one to amazing, mm-hmm. how good did it feel to see that Wedge called Luke his special friend? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, this is where the shipping started for me. <laughs> in in my head, at that precise moment, um, when Wedge is pining over his special friend Luke, I Tycho. start hearing in my head every breath you take, <laughs> no! every move you make. No, it's not like that. Then Tycho comes over and he consoles. Uh, which it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, fine. it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, has, um, I yeah, mean, he has two hands. He can hold yeah. them both. <laughs> I mean, even like disregarding like shippiness, like the Luke Wedge friendship is one of my favorite things in Star Wars, and like they never talk about it. Um, so I was really glad, like that, like Sackpole, like made it a thing and then later on in the union comic which is amazing and wonderful speaking oh of crazy God, weird yes. things um you know wedge is luke's best man and you know it's it's great i have i, I have strong feelings about their friendship so yeah i was also glad when luke showed up for obvious reasons but i also was glad that corin rejected his offer because yeah i think it makes him a lot more interesting because yeah. Force knows he needs help. There. Yeah. Also, can I just say that last week, um, when when Meg revealed that I Jedi is about corn, Saf's reaction was one of my favorite things. I just can't be with you guys sometimes. <laughs> I just she I was, can't. It was so great. I loved it. <laughs> I just can't. I've heard so much about that book, and I'm genuinely just shocked that it's about corn after all this time. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're shocked, though, because I was I was really worried that it was going to get spoiled like it was for Heath. And I felt yep. bad. I remember when yeah, Heath, well, I got I close enough to like looking it up at certain points, but then was like, eh, I don't care enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Plus you're so, lazy. <laughs> so that's why that's why everyone kept asking you if you guys are going to read I Jedi as well. Um, and oh. I, I, yeah, I will say that you should. Um, because it's a very good book, and um, it starts off with Corin being insufferable. Corin, um, and it actually has a really great scene in which he gets dressed down by Luke, where Luke basically is like, uh, "Yeah, this is why I do the things I do." So shut up. <laughs> yeah, I do really also, enjoy the, I Luke? And also, there's a really great scene when Corrin is flying against Tycho and he says something about how like the force can help him anticipate his opponent's moves, but it's really hard for him to re- he can't even read Tycho because that's how good of a pilot he is. 
good. Psycho's perfection. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now we have some discretion questions, mainly for you. These first ones are going to be a little bit more about uh, geared toward you newbies who just learned about all these things. So first one, how can the rogues hope to defeat Icehard? Because she's holed up on a well-to-do planet with a superstar destroyer and who knows what else. And um, they just quit and have a X-Wing. I'm a little worried about uh, them because like that scene at the end was, was epic and lots of feels and very heroic. But is it the wisest idea to go up against Icehard with an entire planet at her back without the New Republic supporting you? That seems unwise. Or their rogue squadron, they do the impossible. That's a good point. They've made that abundantly clear up to this yep. point. <laughs> that seems to be their thing. Which means at some point they're going to fail spectacularly and your hearts will be broken. Oh. No. Does it? <laughs> oh, wow. Don't want that. They yeah. anything? We should just not read this book until the fall. No. We... Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they were all just being nice to Danny, uh, saying he was going to be gone for three months. It's because Nancy and I are in the podcast. It's going to take him three months to edit this. <laughs> so in the end, how do you think they're going to deal with Eresy and Flurry Voru? Um, I hope that Flurry Voru gets sucker punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that nice. Would be nice. Whoa. Whoa. Brain match. <laughs> And I kind of want to see Mirax gloat about Eresy a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, Mirax is my girl. Yeah, she's good. I like her. What do you think is going to happen with her and Corin? We're not there yet, don't worry. Oh, okay. Scroll down, the show notes. We have, we have another show note, Bolton, just for those talks. All right. Oh, cool. you, you guys know what matters in these yes, discussions. We you sure know. do. <laughs> Trashy romance. Okay, so Corin. Corin has a potential. <laughs> so Corin, tell me your feelings about this, and if you think this is going to make Corin more or less Corin. I think I, in I this like... book, it's going to make him so much more Corin, and then it sounds like he's going to go off to train and hopefully get his ego punctuated a little bit. I like to think that half the squadron found out this news, and their immediate internal thought was, "Oh." God. It's going to be even more insufferable. Must have yeah. been the half we didn't hear from in this book, because the half we did hear from this in the book are kind of obsessed with Corin. No, Gavin's obsessed with Asir and Wedge. Oh, that's true. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Corin's just there to give him bad love advice. Yeah. I'm worried about Corin being a Jedi. I think... There's a lot about being a Jedi that doesn't feel like it will mesh with his personality. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Can I talk about Corin? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I haven't been shy about the fact that Corin is one of my favorite characters. And mainly it's, be it's not necessarily because he's a Jedi or becomes a Jedi. Spoilers. It's not really a big spoiler anymore. Um... But I, so in the early days of the expanded universe, uh, the Jedi were all different and they kind of all did different things. So Corrin was never really like a 
you know, Jedi sitting around and doing like meditating and stuff. He was like the pilot cop Jedi. And it was really cool. And they, if you ever get around to reading Jedi Academy trilogy, I, so good. I don't, I don't like those books, but I do like the way Kevin J. Anderson established that all the Jedi were very different. Like there's the te- the historian Jedi and like the warrior Jedi and like all that. And new Jedi order kind of kept that up. And then afterwards it just all, pfft, they all became the same. Yeah. The, bra- the, you the know. early expanded universe, the Jedi were Jedi, but they also moonlit. And, <laughs> <other things>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of like that. It was fun. It, it gave, it, it made them less homogenous as a group. Yeah. So like, so Corrin isn't just Corrin doesn't really become a Jedi until later on. Um, he like he does he does like he he gets training and stuff. But like, it's not until later on when he is like, okay, I'm a Jedi, and that's when really everyone did did the same thing. So it's not exclusive to Corrin. Um, and. He has a bigger role in the New Jedi Order series, which is really cool and also kind of heartbreaking. Um, but, you know, I, I I had said on, like, the first day of the squadron, like, Corrin's character arc is really um, impressive when you look back on it. And, like, I really couldn't wait until I got to the point and been like, all right, guys. You know that really insufferable guy, Corrin, that y'all hate? Well, later on, he becomes a member of the Jedi Council. What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, Yeah. That's real. I mean, I will say that it's still going to take a bit for me to actually like Corrin. Mm -hmm. I still don't, but... Yeah. It'll happen, I think. I can't promise that I will ever like Corrin. I will say a lot of the people I know didn't really start liking him until the New Jedi Order books. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot to make me like a dude character. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah. And, Fair. Um, yeah. Do we ever get a book about Hal Horn? No. No. No, but there's a couple of short stories um, that yeah, have there been are... tweeted to us. Yes, yeah. there, are, yeah, there are short stories about Hal and Corrin and... So... Uh, I think Interlude at Dark Nell is one of them. At one point in time... Um, Mike Stagpole, Aaron Alston, and Tim Zahn had an idea for a triptych of stories. Oh, They'd write. Why do you have to talk about this? It makes me so sad. They would write one book each, all set in different eras. And I believe Mike's was going e- either Mike or Tim was going to write about Hal Horn. It was going to be. Uh, it was going to be all the horns. Like it was going to be like Nija, Nija, Hal, Halcyon during the uh, Clone Wars era. There's going to be, like, Corrin and his dad during the Dark Times, and then uh, Valen later on. Um, oh. Yeah. Precious Valen. Yeah. Anyway. Corrin. I'm really sad that that did not become a thing. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a lot of really interesting expanded universe history that happened that kind of centers on the Kratos trap, which we can talk about later. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, a there's a lot story. of really interesting real world stuff that was going on uh, with the expanded universe around this yeah. time. Yeah. He's an interlude at dark. Nell's one of the short stories. Um, and side trip is the other short story. Well, those might make for some fun bonus episodes. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, let's not beat around the bush anymore and get to <laughs> the part that 
we like the best, which are the rogue mances. Finally. Yes. Mances, that's amazing. So the biggest one really featured in this one is the one between Asir and Gavin. I just chin hands at them the whole time. They're so they precious. They're so wonderful and precious and lovely and perfect. And Borsk Felia is a mean, mean, mean Bothan. He's the worst. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> I'll call him a mean man because he would hate that. <laughs> he so would. But Asir and Gavin are just the best because they really support each other. And and you can tell how much they respect each other just by their actions and how willing they are to learn about each other's lives and be part of it, even if it's going outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're the realest couple, I think like one of the realest couples in the EU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Heart is hurting. We're seeing a positive example of a multi-species relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they have discussions like about what they would do if they wanted to have children and stuff. And like, that it's all very like mature and it's stuff that would come up in star Wars where you've got, you know, aliens and humans together Mm -hmm. or aliens and aliens together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. I want to see that romance. Yeah. Well, I'm yes. sure Akbar and Borsk will admit their feelings to each other soon enough. Don't you dare. No. <laughs> Akbar deserves so much better than that. No. Yes, oh. yes, Read does. the Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> what? <laughs> it does. No, c- completely opposite way. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were saying that both no. Ekbar get together in it. And I was like, whoa. No. Whoa. No. Nobody they... told me about this gay relationship. Yeah. Spoilers, Borsk is a jerk in those books, too. <laughs> wow, I am so not Yeah, surprised. he is. He yeah. really is in those books. What yeah. has come up in those books is so, so good. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that person also doesn't like Borsk Pelia. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> totally. Sorry. <laughs> so then there is Corin and Mirax, who are now free to date with like zero other complications, hopefully, you would think. Because <laughs> Corin's alive <laughs> and Eris's dead. So. <laughs> like, they're dead to them. Anyway. Yeah, but every other woman <laughs> on the planet wants to be with Corin, so. Right. I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to get in Marix's head on the reveal that Corrin was alive because I feel like her role in this book was to be sad about Corrin being dead and then we never heard from her as soon as we learned that Corrin was alive. Yeah. Marix, I love Marix. Marix and Corrin are one of my favorite couples and I I wanted a Mara and Mirax book so badly and they never gave it to me. So Eve's dead to me now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Harsh. Have you fixed it? Yes. Actually, actually, yes, and now you can read it. It's called Yay. Exonerated the J Tarek Adventures, and I will send you a link. Excellent. It's a diary. Yeah. Yes. Good. Excellent. Well, and then we got a very brief 
super brief potential romance that was already hinted at. But we have Tycho and Winter who are holding hands at the end of the party. I'm all about it. Yes, it's so cute. I'm so happy they would about have it. Such cute children. They would have the, the whitest babies. Wonderfully they would have such white babies. White babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yep. imagining like a Captain America and Leia mix. And I'm like, that would be a cute child. You gotta keep yeah. that pure blood Alderanian DNA going. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that took a turn. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Make Alderaan great again. No. But really, they're like two of the most perfect people in the universe, so it's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. And then <laughs> we have Wedge, who oh, is, no. wow, just the worst at dealing with his attraction to people. Oh, boy. He's <sighs> because super awkward. <laughs> If it wasn't him having an identity issue about thinking the Twilight Dancer is attractive, then it was him going over to Yella's to invite her on a not-date dinner when her husband had just, like, magically appeared from death. (laughs) He doesn't get better anytime soon He does not. No, he does not. And I'm really excited for y'all to read Starfighters of Adamar. (laughs) And, oh, what's the other book, Brian? Is it Solo Command? Yes. When, yes. yes. <laughs> Wedge is just awful. <laughs> oh, he's a hot mess. Yeah. He's a yeah. wonderful hot mess. And so yep. he needs to just date Luke. Make it easy. Right. He's so good at so many things, but dating can... is not one of them. Yeah, no, that's... it is not. <laughs> he can't be totally perfect or everyone would hate him. So Right, because we already have Tycho for that. Yeah, yeah. right? And we already have the person who thinks they're totally perfect, Corin. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it's nice having a character that's like real badass, but you can still identify with him because you're like, yeah, I too am a hot mess when it comes to romance. <laughs> I feel you, Wedge. Except I feel you. I don't ask out married women like he does, so I'm a little bit better than Wedge. <sighs> yeah, a little bit. He didn't know! <laughs> that was okay. He didn't know. I mean, the thought was, Derek was dead. That's fine. Then he went to dinner with them, and God, Wedge, why? Why, Wedge? Uh, why? You should have just left. You should have just all, turned around. Let's all go together. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No. So wrong. So wrong. So this, the next book, The Back to Wars, is the last book of this arc. So based on everything that happened here, what do you want or what do you think is going to happen to end this? A giant egg hatches and, <laughs> and thousands of tiny M trays pop out. I will quit the podcast. <laughs> just just a warning Please if that quit the podcast every week. If that happens, I'm done. Done. <laughs> I need to read ahead, I don't remember. <laughs> don't remember if there are thousands of tiny M trays. <laughs> I feel like this one it's hard to forget. I don't know. I read these a while ago. <laughs> so many M-trays. So many M-trays. So many balls. <laughs> so many balls. Okay, well, let me guide you a little bit. Thank you. Thank you, leader. Thank you. You're welcome. Which characters are you hoping to hear more from in the next book? Since we had a lot we had nothing on this time. 
Well, I'm going to be classic Seth and say Aniri Forge because oh, I want no. more of her. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to hear more from Rosati. Yeah. And, and Errol Nub. We know how you feel and about Riv that. Shield. I want more Pesh, too. I do want more Pesh. Um, yeah. Because I know he, he... They made such a big deal about him joining. And since then, he's had some quippy one-liners, and that's about it. Yeah, I really can't wait for y'all to get to the Wraith Squadron books, because Aaron Alston does a much better job utilizing the secondary characters uh, than Mike does in the Rogue books, so... You'll have fun with that. That's good. Yep. <laughs> I will say that even though he was in this book and we got a little bit of him, I want more Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> I always want and more And I also want, I'm looking forward to sort of free Tycho. Like, just totally free of all of the suspicions and everything, just like out doing his thing now. Oh, there, there is one scene in the back to war that you will love Heath. Good. I <laughs> I am very excited and now kind of sad that we have to wait until September. It comes after the scene with all the M trays though. Oh, so I won't be around for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's a palate cleanser. It's a palate cleanser. You, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be I'll be long gone. <laughs> So what do you think will happen with Typhera and the Raytrix? Because that's not a storyline they're going to drop. Hmm. Well, I feel like the rogues are going to go kick ass on Typhera, maybe. I don't know. I mean, but the weird I thing feel is, like it's is a they safe don't have, bet. They don't have the New Republic backing them. So even if they win, then is the New Republic going to be like, oh, cool, thanks. Sorry we let you drop out, but we'll take this planet now. Well, I mean, technically the planet should belong to the Vratrix. Like, I mean, it's their planet. Right. And if they become part of the New Republic, then the New Republic will have to get involved, right? Yes. Or do I just have too much I mean, faith in this, I, this I, democracy? I'm pretty sure Akbar and Boris will continue to be in this book, despite the fact that they're not backing Rogue Squadron at the moment. But I think it'll just be interesting. Like, are they a third party in this war? Or are they, like... Because if the rogues are going after Typhera, it seems kind of silly of the New Republic to just be like, well, good luck. There goes all our best fighters. Uh, we're not going to get involved here. I don't know. Yep. Well, the New Republic doesn't really have its S together. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> uh, especially because we, we realized during the book that they're pretty broke after spending all the money on Bacta. And now, because of what happened, a bunch of planets are flocking to join them now that Isard's left. And they're still dealing with all of the devastation on the planet. Like, even though Kratos has kind of run its course, hey, remember how that Super Star Destroyer kind of, like, wrecked the Killed city? millions upon millions of people <laughs> like, as it made its yeah. exit. That was not That was great. a thing that happened. <laughs> so, they're not... And- yeah, and Lusankia is kind of a, a a thing in the expanded universe, so. Yeah, it's a it's, big it's, deal. Yeah. Like, capital B, capital D. <laughs> like Finn. Right. And with the rest of, like, the talented part of the military is now being shipped off to go try to find Warlord's Inge. So, 
The New Republic. Foreshadowing for doesn't really have its, its stuff together. So yeah, like, I even have... if they wanted to support the rogues, they might not be in the position to. Yeah, so the the New Republic, like Wedge's uh, romance life, is a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I would be yeah. okay with a book that's just like a romantic comedy of Wedge. Like if the next book is just that, wow! that's cool. Um, it's actually called. Uh, it's called Starfighters. It's called Starfighters. Yeah, it's more for sure. Yeah, you will get well, to it. It's book nine. well. It's uh, good. It's that probably really is actually that, the most accurate way to so, describe the book. Yeah. Um. So the story of Starfighters of Adamar was that, um, Bantam had like one book left on the contract before it got shifted over to Delray, and they like offered Aaron Olsen a you know, contract to write it. And they're like, okay, um, what do you want to write about? And he's like, I want to write Wedge Antilles Vietnam Adventure. And they're like, all right. He actually had two ideas. Oh, he did? One, the first idea he had was a a novel about Han Solo coming to terms with the fact that he was, that Princess Leia was way out of his league. Yes. The second book was Wedge Antilles Vietnam Adventure. Yeah. They chose Wedge Antilles Vietnam Adventure. Yeah. Han has that crisis. We'll see that later. He does, yeah. In another Aaron Olsen book. <laughs> <laughs> and Han should have that crisis. Let's be real about yeah, every day of oh, his 100%. life. 100%. It's actually, and also one of the Troy Denning books I really like, Tatooine Ghost does does stuff with that as well. Yeah. Um, spoilers. So many books. Aaron Olsen is really awesome, and we miss him greatly. Oh. Okay, well, I did not add this point, so the real life is I did the book. because I, yes, I, I figure uh, th- it's a really good time to talk about because this is when, this when, is a fabulous story. Yeah, when Mike this is book told. came out, a lot of really interesting things happened. It was not widely known that there was going to be a fourth X-wing book, so they yeah. readers thought that the Kratos trap was the end of the series. Yeah, because it was a Star Wars book series. And they and Star Wars was about all about trilogies. And you know, back in the day, they you know the internet was around, but it wasn't like you know public knowledge like what books were coming out and when books were coming out. Like it it was it was a lot lesser known back then. So you know, as Mike Stackpole went around to cons like he did, people would be like, "Oh yeah, congrats on your Star Wars trilogy!" And like he eventually you know, came to figure out everyone thinks I'm writing a trilogy. So he just stopped correcting them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, when they read this book, didn't realize there was a fourth book. And so they just got to that end and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a fourth book. The rogues quit. Yeah. <laughs> so that was basically him trolling everyone. Yeah. Ooh. And around the same time, uh, Mike got the contract to write I Jedi. Yes. Um, but the X-Men books were selling so well, they wanted to do more than just four books. And it was around this time uh, Mike recommended Aaron Alston, who uh, who Mike worked with at, um, I believe it was uh, Steve Jackson Games. It was one of the... Yeah, yeah it was one of the uh, RPG makers. Um, recommended Mike Stackpole to uh, his editor at Bantam. Um, so... The editor there read through some of Aaron's stuff, really liked it, and was and decided to offer Aaron the contract. Then that editor left, and the approval sat um, on the desks at Bantam for about a year. And Aaron Alston gets a call a year later 
saying, so yeah, how's the progress on that fifth book coming? Oh, no, he, no, no, fourth book. Oh, yeah, fifth book, because yeah. he didn't even know he was writing these books. Yeah, so Aaron Austin <laughs> finds oh out that he's writing it's, a Star Wars book, and the manuscript is I, due in, like, two months. He's told the story <laughs> at he's told the story at a bunch of conventions, and I know we have it re- in one of our Dragon Con recording podcasts. I'll, we, we'll, we'll try to dig it up, and you guys can r- listen to it and, and tweet it. But it's, 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 oh, he tells the story so great. He's like, oh, uh, I, I'm supposed to be writing this book. And then he called up Mike and he's like, oh my God, what do I do? And Mike's like, uh, they're supposed to go after Warlord's Edge. Uh, go with that. I oh, believe, and make it funny. I, I believe the exact <laughs> reason was, uh, well, Warlord Zinge needs killing. Yeah, he needs killing. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he's like, oh, and, um, use Wedge. They like him and make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your pitch for the Raid Squadron books. Okay. Have fun when you oh, get that there. Amazing. Okay. You guys Aaron. are gonna love West Jansen so much. Wiz. Okay, wait, Wiz. real talk. How many how many Rogue Squadron books are there all up? Because I have ten. no clue. There, there are, are ten. ten. Well, there are ten, ten X Wing books. Um five well, of them yeah, okay. are about Rogue Squadron, four of them are about Wraith Squadron, and one of them is a standalone wedge book. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not. It's it's not wet. It's wet. The, the Starfighters is Wedge, Tycho, Hobby, and Wes go yeah. to Adamar. Yeah, and the last one, Mercy Kill, um, yeah. is set much further in the future. Yeah. Than so that, when you eventually current. get that book, you may need a uh, new Jedi a primer. Remember? Yeah, you'll you'll need a you'll need a primer podcast. Like, okay, here's what we missed in these twenty years of yeah. universe <laughs> history, but. It's it's worth it for yeah. the tenth book. Just trust me. Oh on god, that. it's yeah. The so so there the um, Starfighters came out in ninety nine, and then the New Jedi Order came out until like two thousand three, I think. And there was um, a a duology of uh, books that came out in the first year that was written by Mike Stackpole. It was basically Rogue Squadron books um, set in the New Jedi Order. And then the Enemy Lines duology was written a few years later, also in the New Jedi Order series, written by Aaron Alston. And those were basically the race squadron in the New Jedi Order. Um, so good. Yeah. So, um, but then uh, Mercy Kill. So, af- you know, people were asking, they wanted more X-Wing books. They wanted more X-Wing books, but they weren't doing them. So finally, when Karen in Travis quit writing Imperial Commando 2, another slot opened up, and they once again went to Aaron and asked, would you write something? And he pitched a 10th X-Wing book. Yes, and thank God they said yes. Um, and so, yeah, so that I think that was announced at Celebration in 2010, and everyone flipped out, and then it came out right before Celebration in 2012. So Aaron got to be, like, the rock star at that Celebration. <laughs> and Wait, so, yeah. Is that recent? Yes. yes. Yeah. It is. Huh. Yeah. It came out uh, 13 years after the last X-wing book, and that's why everyone went crazy about it. And that yeah. was after like Fate of the Jedi, like all of like the big long series, and everyone was just so relieved to get a standalone book, <laughs> especially a standalone X-wing book. Yeah. I mean, p- we people have been clamoring for a new X-wing book for 13 years, and they finally got one. Yeah. It was a momentous day. It was. That is amazing. So yeah, you've guys got a lot of books to read, but they're so good. Good news, listeners. Rogue Podron is never ending. <laughs> Help me. Nope. Until we get the dozens of M-trays coming out. <laughs> and then he is out. And then, and then we lose heat. 
at that point in time, we'll replace Heath with his non-union equivalent for the rest of the show's run. We'll, we'll replace Heath with Elliot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but yes, history of the Kratos trap, a whole lot of interesting out-of-universe, expanded-universe things were happening, happening yes. at the time. Keith Elliott should cosplay as Riv Shield this year. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> uh, amazing. Keith, you okay. should be Gavin and then make Elliot Riv. Yeah. <gasps> oh, oh my god! Okay. Okay. Good. Oh my god. You can have matching orange flight suits. <laughs> oh my god. But why can't I be Tycho? Okay, yeah, you could be Tycho. <laughs> You can be whoever you want to be, Heath. Okay. You have to believe in Love yourself. Your t- Thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, dear. I have a purring cat on my belly. <laughs> a bothan? No. Uh, no bothan. Borsk? Borsk is it? <laughs> Not sure, Shirtle, or whatever her name is. <laughs> Shirtle? Otter Lady. Otter Lady. Oh... Have you already right. forgotten about Otter Lady? I remember her. I just forgot her name. I forget everyone's name. That's fair. There's a lot. I only of remember names. her as Owen's bad allergic reaction. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed at the amount of names you EU fans are able to keep into your brains. Um, I can these... write them. I cannot pronounce them. I think <laughs> yeah. That. I've been reading these books for like 25 years. It's it's just it's self-preservation at this point. Sure. I mean, yeah. I can't even remember the names of the characters in the books I really liked. <laughs> I can't remember the names of the books I really liked. I'm like, yeah, I liked the one where the character was the same race as the guy from the Clone Wars. And people were like, which book are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. They were robots, I think. <laughs> Flatness? Hatness? <laughs> <laughs> Flatness. <laughs> Amazing. Flatness. Speaking of names to remember, don't forget that you can hit us up on Twitter. We don't have a listener question at the moment, which Heath talked about last time because we're taking quite a break. But our Twitter is at RoguePodron. Our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com. Our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. You can subscribe to us via the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. And Nancy and Brian, do you want to plug your stuff? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Tashi underscore station. Uh, that's the official account for the blog and the podcast. We're at Tashi-station.net. Uh, we got a bunch of podcasts there, uh, two of which Saf is also on. Uh, Western Reaches is the show she hosts with uh, Megan, formerly of the Forcecast, uh, and of Dice and Droids, our tabletop gaming RPG uh, or RPG podcast. Uh, Nancy and I do uh, primarily Tashi Station Radio, which is kind of our flagship show. Uh, so that's where you can find us. And Saf has been bringing the trashy romance over to Tashi Station via of Dyson Droids. And oh, for that, and we applaud her. I mean, uh, okay, I, I, will, I will plug this. If if you need incentive to listen to of Dyson Droids, <laughs> there is Wrath Tar flirting. There is Wrath Tar flirting. There is Wrath Tar flirting, and it's incredible. Oh I would God. like to state for the record that it was not me that flirted with the red It was not star. you. It was, <laughs> was Jay, a.k.a. Personal, and it's probably the best moment ever on any Star Wars podcast. So if that plug doesn't get you to listen to our shows, I don't know what will. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
so true. Well, listeners, thank you for sticking with us through the end of the third book in the X-Wing series. We'll be on summer break with the books until because Rogue Six will be taking some solo scouting missions during the summer. But you can still look forward to some mini episodes for us with us to continue discussing the Poe Dameron comics and any Rogue One news that will hopefully be revealed at Star Wars Celebration Europe. Keep watching our Twitter and Tumblr because you never know when we'll have a new mission for you. We'll be back on our regular scheduled episodes in September with X-Wing The Back to War. Be safe this summer and remember Akbar's advice, frolic in the surf for Dren in the undertow. Until next time, this is Rogue Padron <laughs> signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. pew. <laughs>